Lesson number 199, Surah Al-Qasas, ayah number 1 to 21. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Surah Al-Qasas. What does Qasas mean? Stories. And this means that in this surah there will be a story. You remember a very long story in the Qur'an? Where was that? In Surah Yusuf. Right? We learned about almost the entire story of Yusuf a.s. I mean, that's the one place in the Qur'an that you learn about Yusuf a.s. What his story was. So Surah Al-Qasas is about the story of Musa a.s. We will see from the beginning to the end. Meaning, his entire story we learn over here. And of course, every single detail is not mentioned here. Other details are found in other parts of the Qur'an. And Surah Al-Qasas is a Makki Surah. And it was revealed at a time when the Prophet ﷺ needed a lot of confidence and firmness. Because it was revealed towards the end of the Meccan era. And by the end of the Meccan era, the Prophet ﷺ had exerted all his efforts to peacefully convey the message to the people. And he had gone through a lot of persecution. He had faced a lot of hostility from his people. Remember that by this time, Abu Talib had passed away. Khadija radiallahu anha had passed away. Right? So many Muslims had left for Abyssinia. So it was a very difficult time for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And the story of Musa alayhi it really gave him tasbeet, you know, firmness on tawheed, the correct aqidah. And it is said that some parts of the surah are actually madaniyyah. Meaning some sections of the surah, they were revealed in Medina. So it's partly Meccan, partly Medinan. So basically it is the transitional period from Meccan era to Medinan era. You know, this was around the time of Hijrah. Alright? And it's possible that many people find themselves in, you know, this transitional phase. You know, leaving something and starting something else. Right? And whenever you're leaving something, especially for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, leaving something, you know, what you've been doing, what you had a habit of, what you identified yourself with, what was a major part of your life, but once you find out that this is something that Allah does not like, and you leave it, you put it behind you, and you are starting basically a new chapter of your life, this is a very difficult moment. It's a very difficult decision. And all you need at this time is some confidence, some faith, some firmness, some stability. And the Prophet ﷺ was given this firmness through what? Through the surah, the story of Musa ﷺ. And if you look at the story of Musa ﷺ, what do you see? The Bani Israel versus who? Who? Fir'aun. Right? Is there any match? Bani Israel who were enslaved. And Fir'aun, what does Fir'aun symbolize? The height of power and tyranny. Right? But what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rescued the Bani Israel. He saved them from Fir'aun. The Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba, at this point, they were the ones who had been oppressed, denied, opposed. And this is a position of great weakness. And the people of Mecca, who were they? They were the oppressors, they were the deniers, they were the opponents, and they had a lot of strength. But look at what happened to the strength. Look at what happened to the strength of Fir'aun against Allah's plan. It finished. So this is the lesson we learn over here, that 
the one with whom is Allah, then that person can survive anything. Anything. Even a person like Fir'aun. Even an enemy like Fir'aun. So let's look at the surah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Tasin Meem. Huruf Muqatta'at. Tilka ayatul kitab al mubin. Tilka that. Meaning these are ayatul kitab. Verses of the book. Which book? Al mubin. The clear one. Meaning what is going to come here. What you're going to read. What you're going to listen to. Is a part of the book. Meaning these verses are from the Qur'an, the kitab is the Qur'an, and this kitab, this Qur'an is mubin. It is clear. Clear in its message. Clear in its message. And this is amazing. You know, recently I met a non-Muslim lady, and she's been reading the Qur'an, and she had some questions, and I thought she would have a lot of questions about the Qur'an, because of course she's reading a translation. And she said to me, well, it's very clear. And I was like, What? She said, it's very clear. I just have a few questions about a few things. You know, just a few questions she had. And she said these words, it's very clear. This is coming from a person who doesn't understand Arabic, who hasn't understood the message of the Qur'an in Arabic, who's just reading a translation. And yet she's saying, it's pretty clear. Alright? Because the Qur'an is very straightforward. So, tilka ayatul kitabil. Mubin, Natlu alayka. We read to you, we recite to you, Min Naba Musa, from the news of Musa, wa Fir'aun and Fir'aun, bilhaq in truth. Meaning this narrative, this narration is 100% true, accurate. Liqawmi yu'minun, for people who believe. Meaning for the believers, the story is going to be very relevant, very beneficial, very inspirational. They are the ones who will benefit from the story. This is especially a gift for those who have Iman. What's the story? Inna Fir'aun. Indeed Fir'aun. Allah. He exalted himself. Fil ard in the land. Allah. From the root letters, Ain Lam Wow. Don't confuse this with the harf Allah, which means upon. Ain lam ya, right? Ala. That is different. This is ala with an alif. This is a verb. It's a fa'il on the structure of fa'ala. Alright? So ala is from ulu. And what does ulu mean? The highest point of something. Ala ya'lu, aliya ya'la. These are all verbs that are derived from the word ulu. So ala meaning he became high, he elevated, okay? When something or someone goes up to a high place, a high station, a high rank, when someone becomes eminent and honorable and glorious, this is the word that is used. Allah alayhi is to gain ascendancy over another, to overcome another, to gain mastery over another, subdue the other, prevail over him. Alright? And over here, Fir'aun ala fil ard. Fir'aun he Allah in the land, meaning he exalted himself in the land. He magnified himself. He behaved very proudly, very insolently. So Allah gives the meaning of istakbara. Right? The first of all, yes, he had a very high position, but on top of that, he was also very arrogant. He is the one who claimed ana rabbukumul a'la. Can you imagine a person saying, "I'm God"? It's difficult to even hear. How can you say? 
that you are God. How can a person say that? You know, I was telling my son about shirk the other day. And uh, I wanted him to know that shirk is beyond just idols. Alright? So, remember the ayah about worshipping the nafs? So I said, you know, that even when a person worships himself, that is also a kind of shirk. And he's like, worship himself? started laughing. That how can a person even worship himself? It's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. How can a person think that they are God? Right? I mean, this is something that even a child cannot understand. But it's so sad that how many times we literally worship our desires. Right? It's totally wrong, but we do it. So, عَلَى فِي الْأَرْضِ Meaning he exalted himself in the land, declared to be God, and he was very arrogant, behaved very proudly, and this also refers to his tyranny, his oppression. وَجَعَلَ And he made أَهْلَهَا its people, meaning the inhabitants of the land that Fir'aun ruled over, he made them into Shia'an, into groups, factions. Shia'a is from the root letters Sheen Ya'ain. Sha'a, Sha'a al-Khabr is when news, some information, it just spreads. Alright? Isha'a is also used for publication, right? To publicize something. Shayya'al ibil. Now, Shayya'al ibil, ibil is what? Camels. Shayya'al ibil is when a shepherd basically blows in his, you know, reed pipe or, or something like that, makes some kind of sound, which is a signal for the camels that follow or come here, gather here. Alright? So, the shepherd made a sound which spread and because of which the camels that were scattered, what happened to them? What happened to them? They all came together. Alright? From this is the word Shia also from the same root. And Shia is used for a separate and distinct group of people. A separate and distinct group of people. Why are they called Shia? Because they agree together. Alright? Don't think about Shia as in Shia as in opposite of Sunni. We're not talking about the group Shia. We're talking about the literal meaning of the word Shia. Alright? So a separate and distinct group of people, so-called because of their agreeing together. And it's also any people that have combined in an affair, who conform with one another. All the camels, they come together. Correct? So likewise, these are people who have come together. Alright? There's something common between them. They have come together for a common cause. Alright? So, Fir'aun had divided the people into Shia'an. Two main groups. Two distinct parties. And each party was together because they had something common between them. You know like when people become very cliquey? They only sit with who? those from the same class or from the same school, from the same group. And then what happens? Any other person in the same class, even though we've been seeing them for three years, I don't know you, you don't know me. Happens, right? So this is Shia, like a a group of people that is together because of something, for something. So Fir'aun had basically created a major social divide. Right? There were two groups in that nation. And what did he do? يَسْتَضْعِفُ He would oppress and weaken طَائِفَةً مِّنْهُمْ A group among them. One group was oppressed. It was considered the lowest class. 
So there was a class system here. Right? So one group was the lowest class, oppressed, to the point that يُذَبِّحُ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ He would slaughter their sons. يُذَبِّحُ from ذِبْحُ To slaughter. And remember, يُذَبِّحُ What does that signify? Like brutally slaughter. And not just slaughter one or two, but all, all children, all sons. وَيَسْتَحْيِي And he would keep alive نِسَاءَهُمْ their women. إِنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُفْسِدِينَ Indeed, he was, meaning Fir'aun was from those who are corruptors. Why is he called a mufsid? What did he do? He killed people. So killing people is fasad. Who was this oppressed group in that society? It was the Bani Israel. It's amazing. The Bani Israel and the Qibti. Qibti were like the locals. Right? Fir'aunis, we'll just call them Fir'aunis or Qibtis. Okay? They were the locals. Remember Bani Israel, how they ended up in Egypt? How? Through Yusuf a.s. There was no Bani Israel when Yusuf a.s. was in Egypt and his brothers came and joined them. And then eventually over the generations, when their children and their descendants, they were known as the Bani Israel. Right? Now, they lived in the same land. The Bani Israel and... The Qibtis, they lived in the same land, but Fir'aun divided the society such that the Bani Israel were always the other, the lower. They were looked down upon by the Qibtis that even though Fir'aun had their children slaughtered, none of them opposed Fir'aun. None of them stood up to defend the Bani Israel. This was the state of this division. Imagine people living in the same land, same land, same country. And there's a particular group of people that is being oppressed, that is being abused, that is being persecuted. And from the other group, nobody stands up to defend them. Why? Because they hate them anyway. They want to get rid of them anyway. And they're happy with what Fir'aun is doing. What do we see over here? That when people are divided, they're blinded by their animosity. And they lose reason basically. And if you think about it, children were being slaughtered. Wasn't there anyone from Fir'aun's family or from his nation who would stand up for the Bani Israel? No. Why? Because they hated the Bani Israel. Why? Because Fir'aun had done a very good job of dividing them, separating them, hating the Bani Israel. So Fir'aun was exterminating the Bani Israel. This was a genocide basically. And no one opposed him from his nation, from his people. And this also shows to us that when people are being divided, when people are being divided, this is really not a good sign. It's going to lead to a lot of trouble. You know, even though we are different, each person is different, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created diversity. You know, people are from different backgrounds. They have different strengths, different weaknesses, different cultures, maybe even different religions. In a society where people are from different backgrounds, there needs to be some level of tolerance and acceptance. Because the moment we start looking at each other as, oh, she's Pakistani, oh, she's not just Pakistani, she's Urdu speaking. No, she's not just Urdu speaking, she's this and that. You know, she's not just Somali, but she's this or... Is there anything like that? In Somali culture? Go ahead. Certain tribes. Give me the names of those tribes, please. (laughs) Nobody can see her, okay? Okay. 
Okay, see, she can't even do that because it's going to further instill hate. Jazakillah khayran. So this is division, right? And it's not a healthy sign. That when we are treating somebody like the other, oh, she's not of me, I don't know her, she's not from the same tribe, she's not from this and this and this. What does it do? It causes people to become blind in their animosity for the other. So much so that if a person is being oppressed, we don't even stand up for them. Why? She's the other. She's the other. I mean, we see this, for example, in marriages. That if two people, if they have come from different cultures and they're married and one is abusing the other and we know who the wrong person is, we're not going to stop them. Why? Because he is from my family and she is from the other side. The other side. So this is what happened. This was the tactic of Fir'aun. This is how he legalized his crimes. He made his crimes acceptable in that society because these crimes were being committed against who? The Bani Israel. And when these crimes were being committed against Bani Israel, they were no longer crimes. They were not crimes because the Bani Israel were always the other, the bad guys. So we need to come together. We need to look past our differences. Social divide is not a healthy sign. Division is not a healthy sign at all. وَنُرِيدُ And we intended, we wanted. This was Fir'aun's plan, to destroy the Bani Israel, to control them, to oppress them. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had a different plan. What was His plan? نُرِيدُ We intended, أَنَّمُنَّ That we show favor. Man, a great favor, a huge favor. We show a huge favor عَلَى الَّذِينَ Upon those people who أُسْتُضْعِفُوا They were oppressed fil ardi in the land. Who were these people who were oppressed in the land? The Bani Israel. Allah wanted to show favor to them. What kind of favor? وَنَجْعَلَهُمْ أَئِمَّةً we wanted to make them leaders. Plural of the word imam. وَنَجْعَلَهُمُ الْوَارِثِينَ And we wanted to make them the inheritors. The oppressed people? Yes. Allah intended to make them the leaders of people. The enslaved nation? Yes. Allah wanted them to be the inheritors of the land. What does it mean by being the inheritors of the land. When you inherit something, it's yours. You rule over it. It's up to you, whatever you want to do. So inheritors of the land, it means they rule, they are free. Allah wanted to give them freedom. Now Fir'aun is a symbol of worldly power, height of power, with tyranny. And the Bani Israel were being oppressed at his hands. Fir'aun wanted to finish the Bani Israel. Allah wanted to make them dominant. Fir'aun wanted to keep them as the lowest class. And Allah wanted to make them the leaders. Fir'aun had enslaved them, and Allah intended freedom for them. This was Allah's plan. Absolutely contrary to the plan of Fir'aun. And we'll see, as the story continues, that Fir'aun, he was ruling with oppression, with injustice. Right? But remember that oppression and injustice can only exist temporarily. Allah does not like fasad. He allows it to happen. Allah gives respite to the zalim, 
He lets the zalim, the oppressor, do whatever he wants, do for some time. And then eventually what happens? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He intervenes in the sense that He He seizes the zalim, the oppressor. And that's exactly what happened to Fir'aun. So Allah, He does not allow fasad and zulm to prevail. Ever. He does not let it remain dominant. And we see that any person who has reached the heights of power, eventually he was brought down. Isn't it? Even if a person, you know, you study in history in world politics about people who have ruled for so long, decades, and then what happens? How brutally they're brought down in such a pathetic state. Because those who are being oppressed, then remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will defend them. The Prophet ﷺ said, Fear the prayer of the oppressed. For indeed it is carried on clouds. Meaning it's taken up. Allah says, By my honor and glory, I will surely help you, even if it be after a time. Even if it be after a time. So the person who is being oppressed, yes, Allah has given freedom to both people, the oppressor and the oppressed. Right? Allah lets you know things happen as they're happening. But ultimately, the oppressed one, he will be rescued. He will be helped. This is why we must never ever lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the condition of the Bani Israel, it appeared hopeless. Right? I mean, if you think about it, in such a state, the Bani Israel, how are they meant to be free? How? Fir'aun had no pity for them. His own people hated them. Who was going to stand up for them? Nobody was going to stand up for them. How were they going to be rescued? There seemed to be no way, no escape for them. But Allah had a plan for them. This is why, no matter how dark a situation becomes, we must never ever, ever lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ever. If Allah took the Bani Israel out of the situation, then for sure our situation is not worse than theirs. Allah will also take us of our darkest times, our darkest situations. وَنُمَكِّنَ لَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had a plan. What was that? نُمَكِّنَ We establish firmly. لَهُمْ for them, meaning the Bani Israel, fil ardi in the land. نُمَكِّنَ from tamkin mim kafnun, Which is to give makana, to give stability, to give firmness, power. So we wanted to give them power in the land. وَنُرِيَ and we wanted to show Fir'aun, Fir'aun wa Haman, and also Haman. Who was Haman? The minister of Fir'aun, his right hand. Right? His right hand basically. Not literally, okay? But in the sense that his minister always by his side, in the sense that heavily involved with the decisions that Fir'aun made. Allah wanted to show Fir'aun and Haman wa and their soldiers. Soldiers of who? Fir'aun and Haman. And it was these soldiers basically who carried out the commands of Fir'aun. Weren't they? Because a person cannot do zulm alone by himself. He always needs the support of others. So everyone who was involved in this oppression, in this tyranny, Allah wanted to show them. وَجُنُودَهُمَا مِنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يَحْذَرُونَ That which they were afraid of, that which they had feared. That which they were cautious of. يَحْذَرُونَ is from what is it that Fir'aun was afraid of? What is it that he was afraid of? I mean, he had the highest position that any person could have at that time. 
What fear did he have? His downfall. The collapse of his kingdom. You see this hatred against the Bani Israel, where did it start from? Initially the Bani Israel were just a few people, just 12 brothers. Right? And then what happened? Now from 12 there were many more, and then many more, and then many more. And then over the years, many more. So the Qibti, the Fir'aunis, they had this fear that the Bani Israel are going to take over us. They're going to take over us. So we have to control their population. We have to you know, show that they're not the original people of this land. We have to oppress them. And this is perhaps one of the reasons why Fir'aun had their sons killed, newborns killed, so that their population would not increase. He targeted the children so that the population would not increase. And there is another theory also, which is that some soothsayer told Fir'aun, you know, Fir'aun had some dream or something, and he interpreted as that a boy from the Bani Israel is going to come and he's going to cause your kingdom to collapse. So he felt threatened because of that, and as a result, he gave this ruling that every boy of the Bani Israel that is born should be killed. The women should be kept alive, because women, what's going to happen to them? I mean, the lineage continues through men. Marima, you had something to say? I mean, it's mentioned, but we don't know about its authenticity. Right? So both the reasons may be valid. Allahu A'lam, whatever it was, مَكَانُوا يَحْذَرُونَ Fir'aun felt threatened by the existence of Bani Israel. Right? Now, if you think about it, the Bani Israel never wanted to take over Egypt. You know, they were just there. But Fir'aun felt threatened by their existence. So, what happened? Fir'aun oppressed the Bani Israel. And then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved and rescued the Bani Israel. And then the Bani Israel came to power. So each time a person is put in difficulty, in difficulty, what does it mean? They need to improve. They will be improved. Their condition will be better than it was before. You see what happens is that we just want to be comfortable in our present situation. Everything's fine, everything's good, it's cool. You know, we should just enjoy life. But then what happens? We're put in some difficulty. Whether it's some illness or it's some social pressure, whatever it may be, we are in some difficulty. And because of that difficulty, we strive, we do our best, and we turn out better than we were before. Any successful person that you look at, his success came from what? It was a result of his initial failure. Right? So this was Allah's plan. So never ever feel sad as in depressed and losing hope when you find yourself in difficulty. Because Allah has a greater plan. We have very small goals for ourselves. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has greater goals. وَأَوْحَيْنَا How did all of this begin? We inspired. إِلَىٰ أُمِّ مُوسَىٰ To the mother of Musa. أَوْحَيْنَا from wahi. وَاوْحَىٰ What does wahi mean? Inspiration. Right? Literally wahi means to secretly indicate something. To communicate privately. Such that the other that is there, meaning other people that are in that group, they have no idea. Okay? Like for example, have you ever communicated with someone with your eyes? Hmm? Many times, right? You communicate with your eyes, you give the look, and you just raise your eyebrow or something, and they figure out what you want. And the other people who are in the same gathering, they have no clue. 
right? A whole message was given without using any words or even physical gestures. Nothing. This is secret communication, right? So this is wahi. To communicate privately. Now wahi as a technical term in our religion is used for the revelation, the inspiration that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to His prophets. But remember that wahi is not limited to that. Wahi, yes, that wahi which is for the prophets is exclusively for them. Alright? But wahi in its literal sense okay, is also used for instruction. Instruction. Like we learned that Allah did wahi to the bee. Allah did wahi to the bee. Meaning Allah instructed the bee. Right? Likewise we learned that over here, Ummi Musa, the mother of Musa alayhi salam, she was inspired, meaning she was given the instruction to do something. Now how was this instruction given to her? Allah knows best. He can convey a message to his servant however he wants. You know, for example, we learn about Maryam, the mother of Isa alayhi salam. Did the angel come to her? Yeah, the angel came to her. Didn't he? We learn about it in Surah Maryam, right? We learn about the story of three people from the Bani Israel. Right? One was a bald person, another was a leper, and another person was blind. Right? And the angel was sent to all three of them. So yes, it's possible that an angel was sent to give this message, to give this instruction. Or it's also understood as ilham. Ilham as in a, you know, a strong feeling that Allah puts in, in the heart of a person. That this is what I have to do. But from the verses it seems that this was not just you know, ilham, but it was a clear message that was conveyed to Ummi Musa. Alright? How? Allahu A'lam. So, وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمِّ مُوسَىٰ أَنْ أَرْضِعِيهِ أَنْ ذَاتْ أَرْضِعِيهِ What was the instruction that you have to أَرْضِعِيهِ You have to suckle him. أَرْضِعِي from the root letters رَضَعِينَ إِرْضَعَ إِرْضَعَ is to give رَضَعَ meaning to do رَضَعَ meaning to nurse. Alright? To breastfeed, suckle. So, nurse him meaning Musa. And this is when Musa was born. It's a boy. And a boy means he's going to be killed. Right? By a Fir'aun. So Allah instructed her that she should nurse her child. فَإِذَا then when خِفْتِ عَلَيْهِ You fear for him. You fear for him meaning for his life. That he's going to be noticed by the Fir'aunis and they will come to kill him. Because you see when a child is born, a newborn, what does he do most of the time? sleeps. Isn't it? 20 to 22 hours a baby is meant to sleep. Right? For the first few weeks. And then what happens? Gets louder and more noisier. Right? So up to a certain point she was able to hide Musa But then Allah told her that when you fear for him, meaning you think that he's going to be noticed, right? Somebody's going to raise the alarm and Firaunis are going to come and they're going to kill him, then what should you do? فَأَلْقِيهِ Then put him. إِلْقَى To throw, to put. So put him فِلْيَمِّي in the river. And we have learned about this earlier that she put Musa salam in a box, tabut and a tabut in the river. وَلَا تَخَافِي And when you do that, do not fear. Fear for what? For his life, for his safety. وَلَا تَحْزَنِي And do not grieve. Do not be sad. About what? About being separated from your child. Imagine, a mother is being told, put your baby in a box in the river, and then don't fear, and don't be sad. And it seems very strange. 
that a mother is for sure going to be afraid when she puts her baby in the river. And for sure she's going to be sad when she's separated from her child. But why does Allah tell her, don't be afraid and don't be sad? Because, inna, indeed we, radduhu ilayki. Radduhu. This is actually raddun, plural of rad. Rad, one who does rad, meaning one who returns. Rad al-dal. So we are definitely going to return him to you. You're sad? Don't worry. He will be brought back to you. وَجَاعِلُوهُ And we're going to make him من المرسلين of the messengers. He's going to be one of the messengers. So don't be afraid. We're going to protect him. Allah is going to protect him. So she did as she was instructed. Even though apparently it did not make much sense. If you put a baby in the river in a box, for sure it's going to drown, die. But what choice did she have? Either her son would be slaughtered in her own hands or she could give him in Allah's care, in Allah's protection. What did she choose over here? Herself or Allah? Allah. You know, one is that we want to do something ourselves. We want to have control over it. We think that we can do it in the best way. But we are not the best of planners. We are not the real protectors. Who is the best of planners? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is it that can really protect? Allah azza wa So if we want to protect something, if we want something to last, if we want something to stay safe, we need to deposit it with who? With who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Give it in Allah's care. You know, for example, our wealth. What do we learn? That whatever is it that you love, spend that in the way of Allah. Why? Because when you will give that in the way of Allah, that is what will remain. And what you keep with yourself, it's going to finish. It's going to get ruined. You know, once Aisha she had a goat slaughtered or an animal slaughtered, and a lot of the meat was given in charity. Okay? And she was asked about the meat. And she said, everything is gone except for such and such piece which we still have. And she was told, no, everything is saved except for such and such peace. Meaning what you have given, that is saved. What you have kept, that's not going to last very long. So over here, the mother of Musa salam, she did as she was instructed. And what happened? فَالْتَقَطَهُ So it picked him up. إِلْتَقَطَ لَامْ قَافْطَ Lukta. Lukta is basically an object that has been lost. Right? An object that has been lost, meaning it was dropped by the owner, forgotten by the owner. And iltaqata is to pick up something that was left by the owner. Okay? Iltaqata. Like for example, you're walking somewhere and you find money on the floor. Has it ever happened? Or you wish it would happen with you? Huh? You go to a public bathroom and you see a cell phone. Alright? Now it has its own rulings. We can't just pick up everything that we see. Right? Oh, a cell phone? Oh, a gold ring? Okay, fine. I'll, somebody forgot it. I can take it. Finders, keepers. No, it doesn't work that way. Okay? If you pick it up, this is iltaqata. I'm not saying it's always right. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying if you pick it up, that is iltaqata. Alright? So, faltaqatahu. He picked him up found him in the river, the basket or the box, and picked him up. Who picked him up? Who found Musa alayhi salam? 
Alu Fir'aun. Out of all people, it was the family of Fir'aun. His own wife. Imagine. Fir'aun's family picked him up. What are the chances that Fir'aun's family would pick up the baby that is in the box in the river? What are the chances? If you think about it, the baby could have drowned, could have been caught by some animal, could have been found by someone else, could have just been swept to the shore somewhere and left there, right? And starved to death. The fact that the baby was picked up by Fir'aun's family, what does it show? The baby was brought there. By who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, فَالْتَقَطَهُ آلُ Fir'aun. The family of Fir'aun, they picked him up. And in particular, Al, his wife. لِيَكُونَ So that as a result, as a consequence, he would be. Li Lam over here is of Aqiba. As a consequence, Yakuna meaning Musa salam would be lahum for them, meaning for Fir'aun, aduwan an enemy wahazana and a source of grief. This is where it all started. This is where the downfall of Fir'aun started. When they picked up the baby from the river. Inna Fir'aun, indeed Fir'aun, Wahaman and Haman, Wajunudahuma and their armies, their soldiers, Kanu Khatiin, they were Khatiin, ones who were at fault. Khatiin is a plural of Khati from the root letters Khata Hamza. Khata is an error, mistake. Khati is one who is in error, one who is guilty, one who is wrong. So all this planning against Fir'aun and Haman and their Junood, why? Because they were wrong. They were in error. They were doing something clearly wrong. And there is no doubt about that. What do we see so far in these verses? Allah has a plan and people have a plan. Hmm? There are some people for whom Allah plans. And then there are others against whom Allah plans. There are others against whom Allah plans. Meaning they want to do something, Allah does not allow them. He does not let them. He makes them fail miserably again and again until they are defeated and they give up. And then there are those for whom Allah plans. That even when a person is hesitant to do something, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts him in that situation so he's got no choice. Like Musa alayhi salam. Right? Remember when Allah told him to go to Fir'aun, didn't Musa alayhi salam say, I'm not qualified for this? I'm in no position to do this. Right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala planned for him that he must go. So we should always make dua that, Oh Allah, plan for me, not against me. Right? There's a dua also. That, Umkur li wala tamkur alayya. Oh Allah, plan for me in my favor and not against me. And this is really a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a person that if because of Allah's planning, a person is led in the right direction and protected from wrong. You know, how many times there are Muslim kids who say, I always wanted to do such and such bad thing, but I was never able to. Lucky are they. Huh? Like for example, a person says, oh my parents were always so strict, there was no way I could do such and such. You're very fortunate that your parents were strict. That was Allah's planning. He saved you. He protected you from something. You know, sometimes we want to do something wrong, but Allah does not enable us to do it. Right? We want to, for instance, 
go somewhere which is not right. But what happens? We're unable to. The car breaks down or something like that happens and we're getting frustrated and angry. This is why as Muslims, what is it that we believe in? In the qadr of Allah. That qadr Allah wa ma sha'a fa'ala. Allah's decree, He did whatever He wanted and I accept His qadr. You know, for instance, you want to go to a baseball game and there happens to be a meeting that same day that you cannot miss. You can't get out of it. So now those tickets are just sitting. And you're forced to sell it. And when you sell it, you actually make a profit. Maybe you needed the money more than the game. Right? You wanted to go to the mall. But it just never worked out. So much rain or the car broke down. Allah is protecting you from something inshallah. Remember the hadith? Allah says that I am as my servant thinks I am. So always, always think positively about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Recitation. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Tasim. نَتْلُو عَلَيْكَ مِن نَبَأِ مُوسَى وَفِرْعَوْنَ بِالْحَقِّ لِقَوْمٍ يُؤْمِنُونَ إِنَّ فِرْعَوْنَ عَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَجَعَلَ أَهْلَهَا شِيَعًا يَسْتَضْعِفُ طَائِفَةً مِّنْهُمْ يستضعف طائفة منهم يذبح أبناءهم ويستحيي نساءهم إنه كان من المفسدين ونريد أن نمن على الذين استضعفوا في الأرض ونجعلهم أئمة ونجعلهم أئمة ونجعلهم الوارثين ونمكن لهم في الأرض ونري فرعون وهامان وجنودهما منهم كانوا يحذرون وأوحينا إلى أم موسى أن أرضعي فإذا خفت عليه فألقيه في اليم ولا تخافي ولا تحزني إنا رادوه إليك وجاعلوه من المرسلين فالتقطه آل فرعون ليكون لهم عدوا وحزنا إن فرعون وهامان وجنودهما كانوا خاطئين 